welcome to Intentional Buck. I'm Lou Landers. Find me on Twitter at Landers Talks and all my baseball content at drroto.com. Joined here by my co-host, Mark Mancini. Mark, what's going on this week? Missed you last week on July 4th. Tell me how you're doing, and of course, tell everyone where they can find all your great work. Well, the show is sweeping the country, man. This is the most must-hear, must-see show, man. With you and I, we're joined at the hip. Steve Carlton, Tim McCarver, 60 feet, 6 inches, man. Separate the wife, separate the fiancés, man. I love you, brother. And, yeah, I'm on XM203, Series 217, WWDB, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Just got done doing the Pittsburgh Pirate Podcast as they start a four-game series there in Miami. Squish the fish fry, man. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, go go Pirates, yeah. Um, we'll talk about the Pirates, actually, for a few moments, but lots of stuff to discuss here, Mark. Teams surging up the standings, some surprising, some not so surprising. We got some blowouts in some divisions. We have a great battle in the NL East with the Braves and the Mets and a lot more here today, but we'll start with something fun, personal for us. Our teams, Pirates and Yankees, played last week, two games set in Pittsburgh, Split the first two games. Pirates held their own for the first game for sure. And even in the second game for a while until the Yankees kind of beat them down and exploded like the Bronx Bombers that they are. I mean, these two teams headed in completely opposite directions. Of course, one team is, you know, playing for the future. One team um, looking to October already. But, uh, you know, good for the Pirates for hold, holding in there. I'll, I'll give them some credit. I mean, the Yankees could have come in there and easily swept that two-game set and beat them down in both games. Pirates taking one of those games. Good to see a good, young, uh, promising team for the future play some good baseball. Well, you know, when you looked at that atmosphere in Pittsburgh, it was almost like a World Series. You know, the Yankees had come up from Cleveland, made a two-game stop in Pittsburgh and uh, before they had that four-gamer in uh, Fenway. But you can say whatever you want across the board on this thing. Maybe they were looking forward to the Red Sox after coming out of Cleveland, and this was just a rest stop. But Pittsburgh played them tough. They took them in the first game and beat Jamison Talion and five to two. And then they kept them in check for four or five innings in the second game before you're right. The Yankees did explode. Aaron uh, Judge, you know, came in, hit his 30th home run. And boy, that was a feat to, to say the thing. And, you know, they just got off the snot. And, you know, then the Pirates are using their position player, uh, Van Meter, to come in and the Yankees scored six more runs. But you know what? When you looked at the series, Pittsburgh's had three lopsided losses this year, 21-0 to the Cubs, 19-2 to the Brewers, 16-0 to the Yankees. They've always came back the next day and, and, and railroaded whoever they played. They started the doubleheader in Cincinnati by taking out the Reds. So I like Pittsburgh's chances with 36-50 and 50 right now. Who's to say they can't do some noise in the second me, half of this me. season? Me, I say it. I say it. They can't do that. <laughs> but future is bright there. They have a plan. They have a good farm system. They have good young talent. Excited to see what the Pirates can do over the next few years. In a much better position than the Cubs and the Reds, and maybe even than the Brewers, because the, the the Brewers aren't built to win long-term, in my opinion. So uh, yeah. Pirates, Pirates might be back on top in just a few years. Let's move over to some more exciting stuff here for all the listeners, considering they might be like, why do these dudes talk about the Yankees and Pirates? I mean, we don't really care that much about that. Well, Mark and I do, so we had to kind of get it out there. But Seattle Mariners, man, 
Uh, it was probably three weeks ago, I would say, that I was like, all right, it's time for Scott Service to be fired. Um, this team had such high expectations. What is happening? What's going on? Well, they've been playing much better as of late. They've won eight straight. They're 9-1 in their past 10 games. No, they're not going to catch the Astros. They're 12 games back. But don't look now. Sitting at the bottom of the wild card standings, the Seattle Mariners tied with the Blue Jays, just one behind the Rays, two and a half behind the Red Sox. They are right there, and they play in the AL West, a much weaker division than that of the AL East, where the Red Sox, Rays, and Jays are going to be beating up on one another. Seattle's got a really good chance to get into the postseason now, and of course, that would mean one of those good AL East teams will not get into the playoffs. And the Mariners going from a team that might have been selling at one point. They should be big buyers now, man. I mean, they have a really good opportunity. When was the last time they were in the playoffs? 2001, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Now, I don't think they're going to do much damage in the playoffs necessarily, but getting there on its own would be a feat, especially after how poorly they started. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm, I'm more of a National League guy. I like the two-to-one type of games more so than the softball being played in the American League at some points. But I will tell you this, the American League teams this year up to this point are just simply amazing. Like you just alluded to, you know, somebody's going to be sitting home here uh, where there there are some great teams in the American League. And you're, you're going to have an American League team probably with a better record than a National League team that's going to be on the sidelines. You know, you got Houston there, you got Seattle, Texas has been flirting, you know, before they've, they've kind of uh, uh, gone by the wayside. Look at the Central, the White Sox, we haven't seen the real White Sox team here yet. Cleveland's got pitching, Minnesota's been holding their own. And then look at the dog fight from top to bottom in the American League East. Hey, don't count the Orioles out of this thing, man. You know, when you look at the Orioles compared to where the Red Sox are, Five games pretty much separate these teams. The Orioles are coming on like gangbusters. And wouldn't it be something if my long-lost brother, Trey Mancini, finds a way to get the Orioles in the playoffs? I know, right? I mean, one game under five hundred right now, but they've won eight in a row. I believe they get the Cubs this week, too. If they keep playing, well, yeah. they, they, they could sweep out of that series as well. They're only two games back of the Mariners, two games back of the Jays, three games back of the Rays, and because they play those two teams in the Rays and Jays and even the Red Sox, they control their own destiny still. I mean, there's lots of baseball left. They're going to be playing those teams. If they can win series against those teams, they can actually get into the playoffs. Now, a lot of people expect the Orioles to fade, and maybe they will. A lot of people thought they were going to be sellers, but at this point, I look at this Baltimore team and know they don't spend a lot of money. They haven't been doing that, and they didn't have the expectations to be where they are right now. But they have a very deep farm system. There's some really good AAA players. And I think they can make some moves to improve the roster without compromising too much of their future. I'd like to see them go go all in. I'm not saying trade your top, top, top end prospects. Don't compromise your future because I don't think you're ready to really, really win yet. But you can add another bullpen piece. You can maybe add a veteran starter. Maybe strengthen up a weak spot in the lineup. Um, shortstop and third base aren't incredibly strong for them, nor is second base. They do have a strong outfielder, good at first base. So there's there's easy improvements for them to make that would make them a more competitive team than they already are. I'd like to see them go in and make a couple moves. Well, and not only that, the way they're, they're Mount Castle's there, Mancini, you got a door there. 
I mean, this is a team. Well, Odor's not good, really. Odor's not that good. He's a good, gritty clubhouse guy, but Hayes is awesome. Mullins is awesome. Mancini is very good. Mountcastle is very good. That's what I'm talking about. A strong outfield and first base situation. But Mateo, eh, it's short. Odor, eh, it's second. Urias, eh, it's third. Um, Obviously, I love Adley Rushman. A catcher. I mean, yeah. he's. I think he's made a big High difference. High energy man. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Really. And you know what? Here, here's the domino effect of this. You, you brought up the Mariners. We've talked about the White Sox and, and and Guardians, but let me tell you something. Where the Orioles will stand out on these teams is the Orioles are in a division where it's like the SEC in college football. You're you come out of this division or you make the playoffs. You're battle-tested to take somebody out on the other side of the coin here. Where when you're looking at the Mariners and these other teams, they're beating up on the Angels. They're beating up on, you know, the Rangers. These other guys are beating up on the Royals. You know, there's not competition, but the Orioles, there's some darn competition from top to bottom there. Absolutely. And you you missed the A's where, of course, uh, they get to beat up on them. But let's be real. The Mariners in this streak – have not beaten up on those teams. They took two from the Padres, 8-2 and 6-2, and then swept the Toronto Blue Jays. That's that's why they're in the playoff spot right now. They were four games behind the Jays going into that four-game set, and now they're tied with the with the Jays. Jays are really falling apart here. Charlie Montoya, their manager, must be looking over his shoulder because if they don't get into the playoffs this year, he has to be gone. I don't think he's a bad manager by any means, but uh, this is a team that had really high expectations to win this division, certainly make the playoffs with there being a sixth wildcard team. And for a while, it looked very good for them, Uh, but falling apart very quickly. They're not getting the same offensive production that they had last year, and that's to be expected because a lot of these guys last year in their lineup had career years. And people forget, they look at the names, they look at the stats, and they, oh, well, it's just expected they'll do it again. That's just not how baseball works. There's going to be guys that have down seasons. Uh, it happened to the Yankees last year, in fact. A lot of their guys had down seasons, and they struggled throughout most of the season, got beaten the playoffs quickly. Jay's not getting the same production offensively. Their bullpen bridge to the ninth inning is not good. And with the injuries to Ryu, with Barrios not pitching well at all, their rotation's not very good. They have two guys who you can kind of rely on with Gossman and Manoa, who I really like. And after that, it's kind of a crapshoot. And against bad teams, it might work. Against good teams, it's not going to work. And the Jays, Jays might be... Jays and the Rays, to me, both look like teams who could actually miss the postseason because of a team like Seattle. Maybe maybe Baltimore continues to play this well. I don't know, but the White Sox and Rangers and Guardians are not going away either. So um, if one of the Jays or Rays starts to slip even more and has trouble within their own division because of the Yankees and the Red Sox, they could both find themselves out of a playoff spot. Well, I, I think... If, he, if it comes down to Tampa and Toronto, I think Toronto has young bats. Toronto's the better team back. on paper, for sure. Right, right. I, I think Tampa is, you're starting to see Tampa slide a little here. I don't know if Kevin Cash is the manager. Uh, ever since that World Series when he took out Blake Snell, I, I've lost a lot of respect for this guy. They've lost some key pieces, too, during, you know, Wendell's out of there. You know, they, 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 but, you know, they're, they're doing it with mirrors. Uh, this year to a certain extent, you know, when you get swept in Cincinnati and, and get beat there, I mean, that's, they're, they're, that's problems. If you're asking me. Yeah. Well, the wildcard standings like they are right now because of a couple things. The Jays have lost four in a row. 
the Rays have lost three in a row. Teams chasing them, like Baltimore and Seattle, have both won eight in a row. That's a massive, massive swing in the standings in a matter of days. And that's why it looks the way it does. So by the same token, sure, maybe those teams continue to struggle, the ones that are struggling, and the Orioles and Mariners continue to play great. But at the same time, things could be reversed very quickly. Orioles lose four or five at some point. Mariners lose five of six or something. Jays win four or five in a row. Rays win four or five in a row. And suddenly... You're looking back being like, oh, well, it was fun while it lasted. So, I, I mean, that's baseball, right? That's that's how things go. Right. And you also look, the Rays and Red Sox are playing this weekend. Or, sorry, th- th- this week. So, if the Red Sox continue to play well and the Rays continue to struggle, then fine. The Rays are going to fall out of the standings. But if the Rays take two of three or three of four, whatever it is from Boston, suddenly... Boston falls down even more, and we have an even more cra- crowded race. So, all <laughs> well, these teams, the all these teams playing each other is what makes it so fascinating. Well, and not only that now, when you have teams that are out of it, do the Angels get rid of an Inglesias? Does somebody like Baltimore, somebody step up and pick that guy up? I mean, there's going to be a lot of bats available. This trading deadline is going to get interesting. You know, the Cubs are probably going to get rid of Contreras there. Where does Votto go? I mean, this is going to get interesting for some of these teams that are in the mix of it. Yeah, Ian Happ is probably going to be on his way out of Chicago as well. Um, I mean, he certainly should be. The Cubs The Cubs at this point would be kind of stupid to not move any veteran, any piece that's like 26 to 30 years old on that team or that's a year away from free agency or an impending free agent should be moved from that Cubs team. Anything they can do to bring in more reinforcements is a good idea for them. So, well, what about the Giants? Brandon Belt, Crawford. What, what, do these guys get moved as a Giants? No, nah, Giants aren't. Ball. Giants aren't gonna. Giants are, are gonna play to to get in because they're only two games out. They're still over five hundred. Um, one nice stretch from them, and they're right in, in the, the playoff mix. Now it's crowded for sure um, with the Phillies and the Cardinals and them in the, those final spots. I mean, I have a lot of faith in the Braves and Padres to get one of those wild card spots, regardless if not win their own division. But in terms of the the bottom of the wild card in the National League, Phillies are playing good. Cardinals are very good. I think the Cardinals can catch the Brewers still, and then the Brewers could be one of those wild card spots. Um, but either, either way, the Giants the Giants aren't going to give up because the Giants are within reach. And with that added wild card spot, they're only two games out rather than four and a half out, which they would be if there was only five teams getting into the playoffs. So that changes everything. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Kyle Schwarber is unbelievable. He was unbelievable in Chicago, Washington, Boston. And, man, he is carrying the Phillies. Oh, he certainly is. He's been great, and they need that with Harper <laughs> with Harper down. If this, team can, if this team can remain in the spot or within two, three games of a spot and they can get Harper back, I mean, imagine that's better than any trade that you can make, um, you know, bringing in yeah, a, guy, a guy like Bryce. Yeah, been a disappointment. He has, he has, but he's a very, very good hitter, a guy that can turn it on at any time and carry a team for a month or two. So um, him him being in that lineup is still good. I mean, arguably, JT Real Muto hasn't been as good as we're used to seeing from him either. He's still good, but, you know, he, he this is a guy that could hit closer to 290, 25-plus homers. He's not on pace to do any of that at this point. So, um, again, the Phillies, Phillies issue isn't their offense, though. We both know that. It's a bullpen, which has been better as of late, and it's their starting pitching after Nola and Wheeler. Yep, no doubt about it. And with the Mets kind of coming back down to earth, you knew this was going to happen. Yeah, that's something I want to talk about for sure, because 
everyone was jumping on the Mets. Oh, the Mets are so great. It's going to be a Subway series, this, that, and the other. Let's not forget the Yankees still have to go through Houston if they even get to the American League Championship Series, the Yankees. And the Mets, Mets may not even win their division. They were up for a while, but they were up by more games last year. And the Braves came back and won that division. Uh, The Braves are the world champs. The Braves are really damn good. And they've been playing very, very good for about six weeks now. One and a half games separate the two teams. They actually play this week. So we could see a flip-flop in the division as early as this week. Tonight is a great matchup. Scherzer versus Freed. Excellent, excellent stuff. Must watch baseball if you're a baseball fan. Um, But yeah, I I still have my money on the Braves. I had my money on the Braves in April. I had it in May. And I certainly am going to have it now with only a game and a half out. Now, DeGrom's going to come back. Is that going to help the Mets? Sure it is. But... The Mets' offense is not as good as it was earlier on. They were overachieving. Braves were underachieving. Now things have normalized. The Braves are a better team, simply put. Well, not only that, Stryker for them is unbelievable. They got Strider's been amazing. Freed is excellent. 90% of the game in Atlanta, when you go back to the 90s, they've always had pitching through their farm system. And and the Mets have all always tried to go on out there and buy guys. And very rarely have they got guys coming up through their system. You know, Syndergaard was one of them and, you know, guys like that. RV. Yeah. yeah. But the Braves, the Braves churn out pitching left and right. You can go back to Avery, Glavin, Maddox, Smoltz, the whole nine yards there. Oh, 100%. And again, Freed, Cy Young caliber pitcher. Morton, we always know, is good. He started slowly. He's been excellent lately. Ian Anderson had struggled. He's starting to turn it around. You mentioned Strider. At some point, they could get back Mike Soroka, who was at one point a very good prospect for them. They have the pitching. They have a great bullpen as well. Kenley could be back at some point, too, which bolsters it even more. And uh, their offense, even without Ozzy Albies, is excellent. I don't know if you saw the news that they tra- they made a low-pro uh, trade with the Padres to, for Robinson Cano. They're going to yeah. try out Robinson Cano at second base. Maybe he gets a new lease on life joining a championship-caliber oh, right. roster uh, and can contribute for a few weeks as Albies conti- continues to heal. Well, and the Mets Met fan will always tell you they got the hitting to compete with Atlanta, and they must be smoking something because— their bats aren't as good as Atlanta's bats. No, it's not. Now, Alonzo is great. Don't get me wrong. I love Lindor. Marte's a great player. Nimmo, solid. McNeil, solid. The Mets are a solid team, but I don't view them as a championship team. No, I got, I, I'd have, I, I put Milwaukee ahead of the Mets, believe it or not. I definitely would not. I definitely would not. Well, I think Milwaukee healthy has better starting pitching. And, you know, they're. I would have know, to disagree there, too. I think Woodruff, Burns, Woodruff, Peralta. Burns, and Peralta is excellent when healthy, but so is DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bassett. And then you still got Walker and Carrasco. Yeah, but then you got you got that bullpen. Yes, the Brewers, the Brewers bullpen is better than the Mets. But every everywhere else, I think the Mets are still better. The difference is the Mets play in a competitive division outside of Washington. The Brewers' only real, real competition should be the Cardinals, although I believe the Pirates uh, put up a nice fight against them over the weekend. If the Brewers can't beat up on the Reds, Pirates, and Cubs, then they're in trouble. The, the Mets and Braves, or Phillies, are going to have to earn it because it's a lot more competitive. Even the Marlins, who are not a playoff-caliber team, in my opinion, although they do only sit four out, they have great pitching, and they're a scrappy team. They could beat you any given night. For a fourth-place team, the Marlins are quite good. Well, that, you, that being said about the Dodgers, they're taking advantage of a division that maybe they're beating up on the, the, the Diamondbacks and Rockies here. 
how good are the Dodgers compared to maybe the Yankees and some of these teams if they met them in a World Series? Have the Dodgers been battle-tested? No, not necessarily, but they also also are without uh, Walker Bueller for a long period of time, and he's probably their best pitcher that they have. Um, so that's you know that's something to consider. Obviously, everyone has the injuries, of course. They were without Mookie for a bit. Um, I mean, the Dodgers are very good. That's not that's not a question. We've never questioned how good they are. The question is always about what you just said. How do they compare in October? And that's kind of where I want to move over to our final major topic here is blowing away divisions. Um, Dodgers getting close to that, up by eight games, but that could change with one series between them and the Padres, potentially. But in the AL, uh, Yankees, 14-game lead over Boston, 15 and a half over the Rays, 16 and a half over the Jays, 18 and a half over the Orioles. You got Houston, 28 up on Oakland, 19 on the Angels, 16 on Texas, 12 on Seattle. Even if Seattle wins six of their next seven games against the Astros, they are still seven now. <laughs> right? Um, so I would say the Astros are blowing away that division too. The question is, if you blow away your division like that, certainly it helps you in September. You might get to not have to overuse some of your high leverage bullpen pieces, rest them up a little bit, whatever it might be, get your rotation set for the playoffs. All that is good. Plus, then you get a buy, and you can do that as well. But what happens in October when you face a team that had to battle it out till the final day or two of the season just to get into the playoffs, they've come off winning a three-game series to get to face you in the division series, what happens? Can you suddenly just flip a switch and turn it on? Astros, I think they can. They've been there. They've done that. That's what happens when you go to five straight AL championship series. Yankees, Dodgers, I'm not as sure. Teams are loaded with talent. But well, but you run into a hot team after you've sat, after you haven't played meaningful baseball for the last two, three weeks of September, after you sit for three or four days from a bye, can you just flip a switch and suddenly be ready to play playoff caliber baseball. I don't think you can flip a switch because if you look at 2019, when the Dodgers, I think, won the division by 25 games or whatever, they got beat by Washington, who came in uh, really hot in August and September. Nobody was figuring. If you looked at the Nationals that year, I think in May, they were below 500. So the, the real question here is if you're a Dodger fan or you're a Yankee fan, at least the Yankees are playing competition to keep them, you know, in the mix here where they can't take their foot off the gas. When you look at, at the this Astros, point, yes, Mark, Mark, at this point, you're right. The Yankees can't do that. But if they still have a 10 plus game lead, let's say nine, 10, eight, even in mid September, they might start to take the foot off the gas a little bit. Now they might, the saving grace for the Yankees is that they want that top seed in the division because if they or in the league because if they were to get to a championship series and face the Astros, you want home field advantage. And as good as the Yankees have been, Astros five games behind them. A little slide from either one of these teams could be a huge difference maker. So if the one thing the Yankees might have as a saving grace is we need that top spot, so they might play it out the rest of the, the whole season regardless if that race is close. That's something to consider. They also will be playing teams like the Rays and the Jays and the Red Sox and the Orioles in September, because typically the schedule is set up like that, where you're playing your division late. So that might be a saving grace for them. But as good as this Yankees team has been, we were talking about it before we got on the air here. Jameson Tyon was so good early on. 
He has not been good as of late. Nestor Cortez has fallen off a cliff, which was expected because he's never really gone more than 90 to 100 innings in a season before. So I think he's just kind of hit a bit of a wall. Severino been great, but he's injury prone. Garrett Cole, we know he's good. He just can't pitch in Fenway Park or pitch to Rafael to Devers. But come playoff time, are you comfortable with Cole, Severino, Montgomery as your top three? I mean, I'm not uncomfortable with it, but it doesn't scare me the way I would be scared of some of the other teams in baseball. Well, this this might open the door where maybe you go after a Kyle Hendricks with Chicago. I mean, this this might have you know you're going to have to solidify it. The trading deadline is going to be uh, big in more ways than one. What do the Dodgers do with Bellinger and Muncie? These two guys haven't hit for quite a while here, and I think that injury with Muncie that happened last year is a little bit more than what the Dodgers are letting on here. It absolutely is, man. I mean, you know I play a lot of fantasy baseball. I had zero interest in drafting Muncie in my leagues this year because, firstly, I thought he was going to get surgery and miss a bunch of the season, which he probably should have done because trying to play hurt and trying to play through it clearly hasn't worked for him. He's been dreadful, and we know he's a much, much better player than this. Bellinger, on the other hand, the writing's been on the wall for a year and a half or so now. Uh, this is a guy that had that MVP season and since then hasn't come close to being that type of player. Um, and I'm not sure what they could even get for Bellinger. He's going to be a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm not sure he helps anybody right now, currently. It's kind of like the Joey Gallo situation in the American League. Uh, Joey Gallo is going to be a free agent. The Yankees would like to unload him, bring someone else in. But who wants Joey Gallo r- right now? And... Uh, what's the value in acquiring him when he's going to be a free agent in a month and a half or two months after you acquire him anyway? Same goes for Bellinger. Well, the thing with Bellinger, at least he plays defense. He, he can he can, he can man that. So out. does Gallo. I mean, he doesn't have yeah. the center field defense, but right. Gallo's a gold glove winner. He plays a very good left and right field. I mean, that's, that, that's not a, an issue. The difference is that um, one of them is a former MVP. One of them is just a former home run Well, machine. I'll tell you one thing. If, 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 if Cody Bellinger, you, you, we all know Jim Edmonds when he was with the Angels, and we all know everybody that goes to St. Louis ends up transforming their career, and they stay there for a decade. If Cody Bellinger went to St. Louis, I would think you'd see the Cody Bellinger that we saw you know, early on in Los Angeles. I think, you know, that's that's where I think Cody Bellinger needs to go. Somewhere like a St. Louis, where you know he can utilize his his strengths. You start sitting in the New York or something like that, where rumors are circulated. I think he just gets caught up in the whole Big Apple thing. But you put him in you put him in St. Louis. I think you'll see a a, a, a different Cody Bellinger. Uh, let's face it, the Dodgers do things. They do things. They they prepare themselves. You know, when when they knew they were going to lose Corey Seager. You know they they got to trade Turner in there. You know when they when they know they're losing somebody, they they kind of you know we, we we saw him lose a Kenley Jansen. Here came a Craig Kimbrell. So if they if they stand here and they figure they're going to lose a Cody Bellinger, and if they let Cody Bellinger walk, I'm trying to go to St. Louis, man. That's where I'm trying to go. Yeah, St. Louis has to want you, and St. Louis has a lot of outfield options as it already is. Um, so I mean. 
I don't disagree that I think he could succeed there. I, I mean, there has to be a, some resemblance of that MVP caliber player somewhere in there with Bellinger. Maybe he just needs a new coaching staff, uh, needs a different view on, you know, what he's doing at the plate. Um, I mean, look at Matt Carpenter, man. Matt Carpenter oh was God. unbelievable with the Cardinals. Yep. Got old, fell off a cliff, had no jobs, sent an email apparently out to like 25 or 26 teams, one team responded to that email it was the yankees now is he going to keep this up all year of course not i don't expect that 10 home runs 21 hits yeah the guy the guy the guy has been great and he now he takes his walks he resembles that old player is he gonna be that good all year no but the point is that when you are that talented you can certainly tap back into that talent so maybe bellinger just needs a change of scenery maybe he just needs uh, again, a different coaching staff, a different hitting coach, uh, yeah. seeking some outside help from the right people who might be able to help him. Yeah, it's going to be an interest in the second half. Boy, what a show, brother. I can't wait for next week. Yeah, I know. Too bad it's not Sunday, so we could go again, right, tomorrow. Um, yeah. But a- any final thoughts here? I mean, we know the division stuff is, is getting is getting either very, very close or very blown away. We know the wild card is wild as it should be. Um, trade deadline stuff, you know, fastly approaching as well. There's lots and lots and lots going on in the baseball world right now. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about going to the Futures All-Star game. Hell, you can get in there for $10 if you want. Uh, Saturday. So basically, it costs more to park than it does to go to yeah, the game yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's amazing. But seeing the Future All-Stars, Henry Davis, some of these guys across the board, that'd be interesting. Still trying to get my hands on a, uh, an All-Star ticket to get off the bucket list. I'd only need three things in baseball. A World Series, an All-Star game, and catch a foul ball. I've basically seen everything else, been blessed enough to see a perfect game, a no-hitter. But this All-Star game's in my backyard, man. i got to get to it. Yeah, I, you, 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 absolutely, you absolutely need to. Can't you try to uh, get it through some sort of... Uh... I, I am. I'm trying to get it through, uh, you know, uh, a good friend of mine, Bill North, who played for the A's. So we'll keep, I'll keep it posted on that one. But uh, that should be a dandy next week. I'll tell you one thing, the way I'm looking at these rosters, I think the National League should finally get the hex off their necks and beat the American League this year. It's possible, man. It's possible. They got lots of talent over there on both sides. So um, all-star game's always fun for a while, for sure. Uh, But that'll wrap this show up, Mark. Great stuff here, as always. Love to break down all the stuff that's going on around the league. This has been the Intentional Balk Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Lou Landers, Mark Mancini. Have a great week, everybody. We'll catch you next time.